Hello and welcome to Mind Rolling Podcast. I'm David Silver and I'm so happy to be in Alexander, North Carolina with Raghu Marcus in his studio office, my bedroom. <laughs> it's great here. It's, today is quite warm and it's just redolent with blossoms and it just makes you feel happy to be seeing the day. Welcome, Raghu. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. You didn't even introduce me. You I, just said, at the Dave, end. <laughs> I'm David Silver. Yes. Thank you, David. And nice to have you here in Asheville. It's great. Because that makes more sense in some dipshit little town that I'm going to be living in. Um, yeah. So uh, I have a new member uh, of our whole really? cast and crew that I'd like to introduce to you who's who's decided... To help us out, uh, we haven't even done any kind of suggestions about how everybody can help support us in the last couple of episodes. So, uh, so I'm I I'm taking advantage of, of one of our volunteers to who said that they would come on and and, and really try and forward uh, our cause, our support. Where's she from? How'd you know she? Well, you I, well, I just assumed for some yes. reason. Bernadette is from... Uh, Bern- some Bernadette or Bernadine? Bernadine. Bernadine. <laughs> Bernadine. Okay. Yes, you know more about her than I do. I've met her in the corridor. Yes. And Bernadine is some, somewhere south London, I think. Yeah. Is, is, would be it. Right? That's, that's what she said. Okay, so here she is. Hello! <laughs> Hello, David. Hello, Rocco. Hello, all you listeners out there in the United States of... Well, um... Raghu invited me to be here, and um, I want the boys uh, to talk today about the um, the uh, dilution of mindfulness practice. All right? It's gripping me. I'm gripped by the dilution of mindfulness practice. So I want to know their opinions, and then you can comment on the website. However, you must, we love the fact that you've been supporting... Uh, this, this, uh, excuse me, madam. Oh, yeah. I I have a couple of dogs that are hanging out with us in the studio that have become entirely freaked out by you and, uh, your energy is just absolutely, they're completely (laughs) insane running back and forth. Yeah, I agree. I I think she should just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. All right. It's just terrible. Okay. Bernadine, would you just not be screaming like that? The dogs are really upset. Um, all right, then. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for all your donations. That's what the boys have been saying to me, and I say too, because I got a cup of tea out of this. Uh, <laughs> and really, we're very, very grateful to those who are doing the recurring, recurring donations. That's very kind and helps a lot. Uh, if you go to the website in whichever form, you can find the Amazon button portal and buy whatever you want. On Amazon, and they get money. A little bit, but it adds up, don't it? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Thank Could you, you just keep it down a bit, though, Brent? It's a little weird. All right, Dave. Um, <laughs> well, uh, so there's that, and then it's audible, audible.com, which mm. has a free trial for, I believe, two books on the first month. And um, it's a great thing because all the great masters and some not so great masters are on there, and you can listen to what you want. And you get a free trial, and then if you don't want to do it, well, then you scarper, you go. All right, and then there's a donate button, which is probably bigger than the others, and you just hit that and you donate. All right, that's terrific. Are you done now? Is that it? Because I'm not sure about this new uh, member of the. Mind rolling. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't be that sure. About Let's talk her. about that. Bye, Bernadine. Bye. Um, but uh, at, uh, so thanks for uh, indulging and uh, us. Uh, I'm talking to the to uh, basically my dogs that you <laughs> that got completely freaked on that one. Um, so I want to. Um, Let's go to the meat of the thing here in terms of uh, the support, which is what we like to do, which is recommend a couple of things. So. What do you got? Oh, yeah, I got a few things. Um, first, I'd like to recommend the new Trevor Hall album, which I'm sorry I don't have the title, but if you go to our Amazon portal, you'll find it. Any Trevor album is great, but he's got a new one that just came out. 
and I would recommend that. And then another album, Tracker, by Mark Knopfler. Uh, Mark's, you know, doesn't do that many albums. He's the sweetest of guitar players, one of the greatest in, in rock history, really. So this new album, I've listened to it. It's great. Amazon, get it. I got, uh, Trevor, the name. Oh, please. Yes, yeah. it's called Unpack Your Memories. It actually, And one of the songs he played at Ram Dass's, uh, had a workshop about, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And he played this one song from it. It was absolutely terrific. So I will vouch for, for Trevor. We love Trevor. I can't, what about Van Morrison? The record came out just this past week. I think you recommended Duets. it. Yeah, once. we did already Do recommend it, again, though, it yeah. but it's, you must get There's one mm-hmm. cut with uh, Mavis Staples. Oh. Um, Lord, if I ever needed someone, I need you. I oh. tell you, it's worth the whole thing. I mean, you yeah. can just, I guess, buy that song, but, you know, there's a, a bunch of great songs. Anyhow, Van, Van the Man. Yeah, Mavis Staples. For those of you who don't know the Staples singers, they were a, a father and two daughters, uh, and, and amazing, Mavis still here, and did gospel, but in a way like Aretha Franklin tripled. Uh, they were fantastic. Recommend them too, for actually. Um I want to recommend a book called Reggae Scrapbook, Uh, a most beautiful book. I have a copy. Uh, It's by Roger Stephens and Peter Simon, and it is the absolute best book ever to buy on reggae for a coffee table. It's just incredible. Peter's taken thousands of photographs of the greatest reggae masters, obviously Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Burning Spear, all of them. And um, they're all in there, but there's a, a commentary with it and it's collaged in such a way. It's the most beautiful design. I highly recommend it. There are expensive versions of it, and there are cheap, cheaper versions of it. Okay. I would like to recommend, and here's an oldie, a goodie, Grist to the Mill, Ramdas. I mean, seriously. Why are you I don't know why. I just was looking at it on the shelf. Not that you shouldn't, but, I mean, it's a crazy thing. But I just thought, for those that haven't read it, but it's there. It's just as good now as the day it was published. Well, it was republished in January by right. uh, Harper Collins, so Harper One. So, uh, and it's uh, it is great. It's all great. And the last thing I would like you to look for is an album, a CD called Beyond Life, which I produced, and it's with Timothy Leary. I did it with Tim and Jim, Jim Wilson, who's a terrific producer that Rago and I worked with. And it's 10 or 12 tracks of Timothy's words that I took and then put over beats of it all is kinds. On, it's on iTunes and all? I think so, because I saw, I saw something referenced to it recently. But if it isn't, you know. The thing is, the CD is the only CD ever produced with a triple hologram on the cover. It's the only one and still is the only one. Hmm. And uh, we concocted it. It was enormously expensive. And we should probably have not done it, but it's fantastic. It's Timothy Leary in three poses, meditating. Hmm talking and sitting under oh, a tree. Oh, yeah, I remember You it, just move yeah. it, and it does it. It's remarkable. Do we remarkable. have a copy of that? I have two. Two. This yeah. is probably, we should but go it, to eBay. It, it's a beautiful thing, and, and I recommend it. And Al Jorgensen from Ministry, and I actually wrote the last track on it with Tim Leary, and it's the best track, I think. Hmm. They're all great. Anyway, there's that, and that's enough. That's it, yeah. Thanks for the support. Really, everybody, we we do appreciate it. It's, it is... Getting substantially um, increased that support and uh, allowing us to even think of doing some of the expansive ideas that 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 we have, and we're going to talk more about in future podcasts about what we have planned. I have an end of the world thing, Dave. Good, it? it's good. Okay. <laughs> Well, some people, do they write and say, yeah, enough of your end of the world? At the beginning of the end of the world, they did. The beginning of the end. <laughs> but now <laughs> they've got the... used to it. And they, yeah. Okay. So the end is just fine. I think so. All right. Obama orders homosexual chemtrail missions over Indiana Day after religious freedom bill passed. Okay. What? Have you, I mean. No. This is the big American news. And okay? where did you see it? I saw it on the internet. What am I going to tell you? You can see a picture of this chemtrails coming off a huge plane, right? Okay, that that proves everything is true. I mean, what's going... I mean, you just said something about the governor of Connecticut has stopped anyone 
I guess, in their employ yeah, to yeah. go to Indiana? I mean, oh, I'm happy to mention that because I like to, to always bring up great politicians who do their job and should be elected and are doing the right thing in this incarnation, I think. Governor Dan Malloy of, of Connecticut is one of them. I live close to Connecticut. I see a lot of his actions. And, and after the terrible shootings in Sandy Hook, he took a most courageous and amazing stand for any politician on gun control, finally having lost, you know, 20-odd children in his state. However, his new thing is that he's banning all state-funded travel to Indiana, where Governor Mike Pence has uh, put into law this religious freedom law, which allows people to be horrible to gays. In other words, they come into your uh, shoe store wanting a pair of, um, you know, Nikes, and the uh, salesman is allowed to say, really sorry, you're gay. We don't, we, we don't serve gay people because it's against our Christian principles. So Governor Malloy has banned all state-funded travel to Indiana. The cities of Seattle and San Francisco, big surprise, have also taken uh, sanctions against Indiana. And the um, irrepressible Governor Mike Pence, who uh, appears to be, you know, quite insane. Hmm. What to do God. with this? Uh, I mean, we do bring this up a lot. We find these things or they appear. Uh, and there's such an affront to humanity. Uh, it's hard not to uh, immediately knee-jerk react to it. Uh, uh, we're doing our best to <laughs> <laughs> to no, get over ourselves. Uh, and we try to remind each other yeah. that uh, everyone wants to be happy. That's the best phrase that we can bring yes. into it's the reset button we were talking about recently that somebody brought up, which is very important, the reset button. So Dave and I, we're trying to reset on this. Well, I mean, it is an issue, though, because obviously someone who is depriving people of happiness and allowing them to have their feelings hurt and not to be able to shop in the state they're born in, the person that does that has to be called on it. I don't care what. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's a service to tell people and be activist about it because, okay, if they don't agree and they believe that, you know, religious freedom is being really challenged by gay people coming in and buying things. I mean, it's an, it's an outrageous act and it passed. So we should all stand up against it because it's making a lot of gay people very unhappy. And they should be happy. They want to be happy. Anybody should be unhappy with the Everybody, level yeah. of ignorance that that is obviously Stunning. existing there. It's yeah. Uh, but this, the, the good side of it is yeah. that Governor Malloy and people in Seattle and San Francisco have raised up immediately right. to do sanctions, and and that works. It works and it works. Right. Good. Good. Um, here's something that. It's sort of the end of the world and the beginning of the world at the same time. You imagine having something like that? China orders the Dalai Lama to reincarnate after death. Reasonable. Yeah. And as you said, great. I hope he follows their orders because we sure want him to do such a thing. Yeah. Given what he is and who he is. The government of China is ordering the Dalai Lama to reincarnate after his death. <laughs> And accusing the Tibetan spiritual leader of blasphemy for saying he might not be reincarnated after he dies. The, the bizarre demands being made by the ruling Chinese Communist Party stem from the comments the Dalai Lama made earlier this year stating he might not be reincarnated. Comments made after the Chinese government said they must approve of the next supposed <laughs> reincarnation of the Dalai Lama. You know, they have the second in line, Panchen Lam. We yeah. talked about that. Yes, yeah. we did. At a yeah. meeting of China's National People's Congress, the head of Tibet's regional Congress, Padma Choling. Sounds like, that's a nice name. Yeah. It sounds nice. It does. Yeah. But, mm. but Padma, appointed by the Chinese Communist Party, Padma said that the that, that Dalai Lama must be reincarnated reincarnated whether he wants to cease reincarnation or not this decision is not up to him okay it's when he became the 14th dalai lama it was not his decision that's true <laughs> he was chosen following a strict system dictated by religious rules and etc etc can he decide when to stop reincarnating that is impossible what he wants is to distort reality. Yeah, now, wait a minute. The whole thing is completely insane because 
I'm the Chinese since for 60 years now, 65 years. The oppressors of Tibet wanted no Dalai Lama, I mean, no His Holiness. Forget about it. They were they never recognized him. They were horrible to him. They killed tons of his people and they threw him out. He ran out. Of, I mean, it couldn't be worse. So now they're saying, we want you back. What is going on here? What is no, the matter it, with these people? They want to control, just like they, they want to control the the hierarchy of Tibetan lamas. And, yeah. you know, so it's just unbelievable. It's, it's foolishness. Um, in addition, yeah. the governor this week um, for, for uh, accused the Dalai Lama of blasphemy for doubting reincarnation, <laughs> doubting reincarnation. Tibetan Buddhists believe the soul of a senior lama is reincarnated in the body of a child on his death. The current Dalai Lama was chosen as head of his religion as a boy, and it tells that whole story. Um, but what they're saying is only China has the right to choose a successor. So it's all about control. They've forgotten. In, they're so control crazy. They've forgotten that they really don't like this whole reincarnation religious Dalai Lama thing yeah. at all. Never did. And so now, they, oh, woo, that is really head spinning. So you, you read about all this stuff. And, and of course, and His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, comes to this country a lot and... Uh, there's there always is a potential chance for anyone to to sit with him and so on and but these kinds of things uh, you know the insanity of the chinese is not so insane to his holiness and tibetans in relation to the fact that there is absolutely no communication lines of any kind of that make any kind of sense that would uh open a dialogue between tibet and and china uh and uh, they obviously are going in the other direction, and they're not even. Uh, there's not one moment mm. that they're considering anything like this, which is a horror, for, you know, for for the particularly Tibetan as Raga for thirty years now, the Han people of China, who are contiguous, I believe, to Tibet, have moved in to Tibet to all the most lucrative and powerful positions. Whereas indigenous Tibetans are in general not put in any of those positions. So there's actually been an invasion similar to the Russian deal with, uh, you know, Ukraine and, and, and Croatia based on the idea that the Han are really sort of the same as the Tibetans. They're right there and they are allowed to go there. But because they're Chinese, they are being given totally preferential treatment. People may know all this stuff, Raghu, but it's always worth letting them know why... Uh, His Holiness is such an amazing figure on, in the world right now. Hmm. And here's something else, just keeping on the Tibetan trail a little bit. This all happened. They got eviscerated and they destroyed, they, they went out of Tibet and they went into India with as much as they could take with them and, uh, and therefore were dispersed throughout right. the world to us fast forward to where we are here in mm -hmm. you know spring of 2015 right and a lama named karmapa ha has arrived and is touring around the united states so he um his line stretches back to the 12th century He's been training for the for uh, for for the role that he's in now since he was seven, right? He's about thirty thirty one right now, right? The six he's the seventeenth Karmapa. The sixteenth died in Illinois in nineteen eighty one. Listen to what his agenda is, though, and related to who we are, and especially we talk about millennial generation and how they really care about the environment how they care about social action there's there's a desire to take act there's way more desire to take action and we talk about the difference between you know when we were uh going through these kinds of transformations back when so um he just spoke at harvard right divinity school and he walked in there and his predecessor right previous in incarnation who died in 1981, in the late 70s had gone to Harvard Divinity School and given a talk in the exact same spot. So he said, the new Karmapas came in and he said, 
so happy to be back here at Harvard, <laughs> okay, in a natural way. And what he spoke out was issues ranging from LGBT rights, okay, we were just talking, right? Hello. Improving the status of women within Buddhism, race relations, and the importance of protecting the environment. Like many religions, Tibetan Buddhism has often pushed to the side broader societal issues in favor of personal piety, which is, are we not talking about that when we're talking about our own referencing ourselves coming up late 60s, early 70s, of just, it was all about your, pretty much, I mean, there was a lot, there was the people who were protesting and there was the people who were doing the inner thing. There wasn't much of a mix-up there between okay so this is obviously at its height in tibet not only is the karmapa talking about them publicly but he is also taking action he started an initiative to turn monasteries into centers for environmental sustainability and he recently announced an effort to establish full monastic ordination of women for the first time within the tibetan tradition i mean this is a completely modern, uh, contempor- I mean, he's 30, 31 years old, and he's taking these you know, ancient, te- talking about ancient teachings for modern times, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is our little MindPod network tagline, everybody. Ancient wisdom for, for modern times. And this Lama, this Karmapa represents that completely and fully. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Um, and his talk there, by the way, is called Caring for Life on Earth in the 21st Century. He, he exhorted his audience to care for all life and spoke about the importance of cultivating compassion and concern for the environment. The food we eat, the clothes we wear, the air we breathe have all arisen interdependently, he said, speaking through a translator. We cannot survive alone. We cannot eat, wear clothes, or breathe alone. The more keenly we are aware of this, the more we will begin to take responsibility for the welfare of other beings. Anyhow, I love this, and I love him. And I'm, uh, Yeah, I mean, we, we, we had uh, Kittisaro and Tanasaro on, uh, two great Buddhist teachers uh, on the podcast. And when we read the, uh, their book, Listening to the Heart, the latter part of the book speaks a lot about their Buddhist um, perspective and potential activity uh, for the planet's uh, ecosystem, and and it's it isn't new because we know that there were there are sutras that talk about maintaining you know in other words Buddha Buddha was my 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 mic is not working is it. Working beautifully. Okay, but you were pointing. I'm not close to it. All right. You're just fine. Okay, pardon us. Um, what was I saying there? I forgot the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kittisaro and Tanasaro, they wrote this book. And in it, there's much Buddhist perspective on, on particularly the environment, but also racial issues and gender issues and the same thing. So clearly, a point of evolution has arrived, and leaders... Kamapa, His Holiness, and then teachers, many of whom we've had on, our, on, on the podcast and we know, um, and you know, you know, moving towards a spot where they're saying, the most benefit for the most people, all sentient beings. May all sentient beings be happy. And if you really know what that means, it means may all sentient beings survive on a healthy whole planet with uh, food for their family and shelter and no oppression or violent intervention into their lives, but a policy, a global policy to stop the um, attack on the on the planets, the planets, the Mother Earth. You don't attack your mother. It's just no one does that. Even bad, like bad psycho killers, <laughs> they don't kill their mother. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's what we're doing. So uh, the Buddhists are uniting. Mm. I mean, they're not really. They're just all spontaneously what? seeing that they they can contribute to people's awareness and and what get Buddhists. Yeah, you know. what Buddhists are you speaking of? 
Kitisara. The, oh, oh the, they're the Buddhists. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that that you just read from the Karmapa. Karmapa. Yeah. yeah. I see. And Jack Cornfield's article in Shambhala yeah, Sun. Yeah, Jack is totally into about, social action. You know, the Burmese, uh, there's been this very bad thing happening in Burma where, yeah. you know, yeah. people posing as Buddhists just like people pose as uh, uh, Islamics, you know, and, and are really psycho killers. Uh, there's the same thing happening there. And mm. Jack wrote a marvelous article about it, which described the history of it and why it's happening and why it's, it's, it's not it's not really that disturbing in the sense that it's very disturbing. These people are awful, but they're not really Buddhists at all. You know who else, uh, a part of our low-hanging hanging fruit family, yeah. is Roshi Joan, is very much knows how to blend activism, social action and act- activism with uh, practice. And she talks about that. Um, I think she talked about it on this blessing of mortality thing that we did with Ramdas. But mm. we we should bring her into. It. I think because th- it's a very important subject. How to do that? How to not get caught in the duality of the us and them? Um, how to really bring yourself through your practice to be present in a way that can carry a force where things can change and that you have to be so empty to do that. So mm. it's a tough road to navigate. Uh, so talking about practice, okay, um, and I showed you this uh, thing I found. Uh, it's another thing on mindfulness, and, and David went, right, it's enough about mindfulness. <laughs> we talked enough about it. Who, I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, not about mindfulness, but we talked a lot about this exact thing, which is skepticism about mindfulness. So we're going to do it again. Well, this isn't skepticism. This is like backlash. It's called backlash. Backlash is worse. Um, so 2014, they're calling was the year of mindfulness and uh, mindful revolution in American culture. Everyone from Rupert Murdoch, great, he's doing mindfulness. Anderson Cooper to Lena Dunham spoke out about the virtues of meditation and mindfulness. The cultivation of a focused, non-judgmental awareness on the present moment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so now, uh, 2015 might be the year of backlash. Okay. Backlash. So, see, you're having a very cynical reaction, which is, I'm going get to get to something, though, that's going to no, no, change your mind. You'll see. No. Dialectic is part of human nature, it yes. seems. So. Uh, labeling meditation the latest obsession of the white upper, upper middle class. Okay? <laughs> so the, there's a warnings now about the risks of mindfulness in the workplace. Right? You can actually <laughs> get hurt or something. Um, <laughs> this any, is a whole thing. These people so, are mindlessness. People writing this, they're mindless. See, okay. I I'm want sorry, to, and no, I love them too. No, us and them. I love them so much. My widespread implementation is premature of mindfulness. Despite the marketing of mindfulness as the latest hobby of the 1%, <laughs> this is the latest hobby of the 1%. Good. We, it comes to the benefits of a practice. The science is incontrovertible. That's okay. good. That's a, All right. That's and good. and so and here's here's the payoff, okay? Yes. Just given you <laughs> and everybody else who's listening their cynical reaction to this BS in this article about yes. who gives a shit what you're talking about about mindfulness is ridiculous. But now, uh-huh. if the research is conclusive about one thing, it's this. Practicing mindfulness for any purpose, any purpose, get rich scheme, no problem, boosts feelings of compassion, empathy, and connection with others. As the study showed, connection with others and those who spent just two weeks practicing meditation were more likely to act selflessly to help others in need. Okay? Come on. I mean, that's the most bloody obvious <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm leaving. It's just, it's just right. stupid. Okay, then forget no, no, about no, it. No, 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 seriously. I do want to comment on it because... I want to read poetry right now. Well, 
you can do that. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> no. Um, how can anybody think you need to have a science when, you know, people have studied for decades and meditated for thousands of hours who are the people that write the books about this and give the courses. And if that isn't spiritual science, holy science, you know, like, really, these people are not just saying, be mindful. Uh, Joseph Goldstein and the rest, uh, they, it's an intricate discipline. And I think what you said at the end is really true, that anybody who does it has to feel compassion much more than they did because you're mindful of other people's presence on the planet. Well, you start being mindful of your own. You You're start with more that. of your own who true true nature, as they would yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, I understand why the word words like backlash, and because that's you know typical kind of magazine Vanity Fair, New York, or even yeah. New York Times. You know, they need to have this. It's a big maw that has to be fed, and it's fed sometimes by people who are close to these other things like meditation, yoga. People who work for the Times. They know people who do yoga, and they do it, maybe. And then they sort of get in on that because they've run out of saying things about um, Hillary Clinton or Ted Cruz or the Apple Watch or something. But, you know, seriously, folks, I would say to everyone that's listening, the more mindfulness, the better. Well, you know, it's really like... We talk the same stuff around yoga, right? We've been over uh, it more than once on these podcasts. The, the fact that the you know complete commercialization of yoga in, in this country in one way and in another way, we hear from people themselves who say, we took some yoga, we had no idea of what it was. Obviously, there was an attraction to get more fit or whatever the... Uh, uh, accolades that you can come to around what yoga does for you and then suddenly we we were in a class and someone mentioned meditation and or someone led a little meditation i'd never really meditated and click 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 mm -hmm. it's the same thing with this mindfulness stuff we've and we have said that uh more than once all of these things are absolutely whatever it is that you like do it it's that do that one thing. Who said that? Ajahn Chah, right? Ajahn Chah. Yeah, yeah. We, we love this Tanisara and Kitasaro. I, it's hard to pronounce their name. Um, Buddhist teachers, by the way. Great. Uh, let's uh, pronounce podcast. their name right so they know. It's, okay. What is it? It's Tanisara. Uh, Tanisara. Yeah. And Kitasaro. Yeah. Her husband. Tanisara and Kitasaro. Yeah. It's, uh, she's from England, from where near David and where he's from. And he is uh, from Brooklyn. You know, he's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's right by there. For God's sake, you have to correct me. <laughs> I just am being mindful about yes, it. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Uh, we, we did love that. Th those, oh. those folks really came oh. uh, with some wonderful information. Uh, absolutely wonderful information. Um, so, um, I... What's next? Here. What am I, some kind of you know showrunner or something? Well, for God's sake, I yeah, have actually. something. I, oh, I wanted to do that. I'm so upset all right. I'll let you do it, but I picked it. They're so great. Okay, so listen, everybody. We, today I got a book that a publisher sent me, and uh, it's called "Breaking the Drought: Visions of Grace." Stephen Levine, and we've talked a lot about Stephen. He's part of the low-hanging fruit <laughs> family too, and uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, is really way more known. I mean, I wasn't that aware. Ramdas gave uh, this book to, to me, and I lost it, and so I'm so happy to get it back. Um, but I didn't know he, he was a, a poet of this kind. And everybody out there, Stephen wrote some fabulous books uh, about uh, uh, around death and and. Uh, and dying and dealing with all of that. I mean, he spent decades working on that. So anybody, I highly recommend his books, like a lot, right alongside Sogyal Rinpoche's, mm -hmm. uh, the book of uh, living and dying, the Tibetan book of living and dying. Both of those people, if you have anybody who's in any 
kind of nearness or sick or whatever, uh, those books, I highly recommend them. And so, but Stephen has this poetry book, Breaking the Drought, Drought, Drought? Yeah, Drought. Drought. You know, Drought. Drought. It's a weird word when you look at it. Yeah, it's really mm. nuts. Here, you want to read um, this right here? <laughs> You're really going to let me do this? Okay. Yeah, no, you said, uh, you read one right there. I read the whole book pretty much in one go. Well, I thought we, we could talk about this because yeah. uh, it's uh, it's just that one page. Yeah, uh, it's called If Prayer Would Do It. If prayer would do it, I'd pray. If reading esteemed thinkers would do it, I'd be halfway through the patriarchs. If discourse would do it, I'd be sitting with his holiness every moment he has free. If contemplation would do it, I'd have translated the periodic table to hermit poems, converting matter to spirit. If even fighting would do it, I'd already be a black belt. If anything other than love could do it, I've done it already and left the hardest for last. Isn't that great? Oh, that's so <laughs> right on. Left the hardest for last. So it... it it also reminds... They're all that great. Every single one of the poems. Yeah. No, I know. Every one. I mean, it is, obviously, this is uh, spiritual illusions in his poetry are, are powerful because they're so unique. Um, but what this, what I got from this was something that we're going to be investigating further, uh, part of uh, my work with Ramdas, uh, and that is a... Um, and I think I've mentioned it, we're, we're, there's a retreat at the end of April in uh, Maui and uh, with Ramdas and uh, Krishnadas and Roshi Joan Halifax uh, and, and, and others, including my, my own dear wife, Saraswati, teaching yoga. Uh, but it's called Cultivating the Courage to Love. That's what's we're what, that is what we're going to investigate, and that's why I was reminded of it, Dave. If anything other than love could do it, I've done it already, already, and left the hardest for last. And I think mm. that thing around uh, courage uh, is an important topic to uh, further and discuss. And uh, uh, okay, discuss courage. Can you quote the line again? I didn't mean right now, by the way. Oh, oh, but okay. No, go ahead. I, it's well, good. no, no. I mean, it's I such a great point because, it. you know. If anything other than love could do it, I've done it already and left the hardest for last. Yeah. 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 Because it is. It is the, the yeah. most difficult, especially with the reference of what love is in our, in our culture. I mean, that word all, all by itself is completely banal and uh but we know what it is i mean even though it it, it has you know modernized to a place of banality it, it it's it's in the bible big time particularly in the new testament in terms of jesus's love for all mankind and that in other words like a the buddha a great yogi who realized this and that his way of teaching how how to love was to show his courage in sacrificing himself so that other people could in my opinion so that other people forever would go oh my god they crucified christ consciousness oh my god and just be reviled by that and know that christ consciousness was taken by the romans and murdered and and from that time onwards compassion was front and center rather than something else judgment mm. big change big change and buddha is all about that all about the courage to love and be intimate with all sentient beings well okay so love obviously we're talking unconditionality right that's the only love we're not talking about interpersonal we're talking about the love or we're not talking about romantic love we're talking about something that doesn't people do not encounter necessarily very often and certainly not I mean, there are some of us that are encountering it on a day-to-day. -day. I can think of a, at least one person. Uh, but for the most part, that's a difficult thing. So 
what what obviously cultivating if we're cultivating something it, it means it's probably an important thing and mm-hmm. and we need to figure out how we can get with uh uh the totality of the concept of unconditional love where you're actually with another human being and you are living in a place where you do not care what comes back it is one way okay very very difficult and so i think the courage starts to come in that you actually encounter what of the what are the the boundaries that we create in ourselves to not have that uh, intimacy which you were just talking about right we create so many boundaries so and courage so the, there's a story i get that we tell some of the same stories over and over, but you know what? It really applies in this particular instance, okay? Um, and this is a story from, from Krishnas, our good friend and part of MindPod Network. He was in India, and he was with Maharaji, our guru, Neem Karoli Baba, and he was actually uh, staying in a hotel in Bombay, and Maharaji, that's who he's called, what he's called, uh, we came to, came to the hotel and he'd hang out in one of the rooms with uh, this this particular specific devotee, who uh, actually was a man of the world, owned a factory and was just sort of hanging out there, and Krishnadas and one other uh, friend uh, ended up in a room with them over several days. It was pretty incredible considering there wasn't anybody else around. I mean, so this is. Uh, so as he tells it, hmm. uh, he's just sitting there. Maharaji says, courage is everything. And this guy, the Indian man, his name was Barman, said, oh, of course, but you, you mean that, you know, the, the guru does everything. And there's... Yeah, Grace is uh, blah, 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 right? Which is what we would all think. And then Maharaji looked at him and Krishnas and went, courage is everything. Again, okay. And Krishnas has said, just hearing that, over time, whenever he was in a place where fear was there, an inability to transform the moment, whatever it was, whatever impediments were were put up to just being here now that would come to him courage is everything and it would give him some fortitude to be able to encounter the disturbing emotions the lack of self-honesty the the things that keep us from being able to know the interconnectedness that we truly have with everyone never mind everyone just pick your wife husband child mother father you know I'm try it with them yeah just, just <laughs> try it out there so yeah, yeah. so so this poem just really reflects to me mm. that particular the hardest for last mm. and it's so some people would think it was easiest but it's the hardest because everything else really doesn't eventually cut it for you to join the club the club of the universe to really be a member with all members and of one member, you know, kind of oneness. And that's the last thing because he says in another poem, you know, about he was very, very, is very, very close to his wife, Andrea. And he talks about loss. Um, if it were your wife, for instance, Mm. and, uh, how even that can bring, uh, grace and, the love that comes from dealing with that is actually the richest love of all. The richest love is coming from continuing to love after loss and destruction. Do you want to hear another one? Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a new thing. Yeah. We I should do. have like our poetry hour. Well, yeah, as long as it's part. like this, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Many have gone mad is the name of this poem. Poem, you called it. Yeah. Many have gone mad looking for a solid center, but there is none. We think of centering as only a continual narrowing of focus, 
until we touch the pearl. But in practice, it is often a continual expansion of focus until we become the ocean. Our center is vast space, boundless awareness, indistinguishable from unconditional love. Of course I play the fool when I dare allow consciousness to describe itself. Isn't that the birth of the ego, the I am this that closed behind us when we entered the body? <laughs> it's so marvelous a poem. It's all in there. It's like the big bang of poetry as far as I'm concerned. Did, had you read this before? Yeah, I, I read, no, I read the whole thing. This, this I mean, this is your first encounter with it today. Yeah, and I read an article somewhere that said that Stephen Levine had to be, you know, many years, he did, people knew he wrote poetry, but he left it late in his life because he considers his as b other books more uh, useful to the world, mm. uh, you know, the, the dying books and so forth. And this is the cream of the coffee, as far as mm. I'm concerned. One more. Oh. You you read it, because I really like your reading Did, did you uh, choose it? Okay. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. It's called This Awkward Speck of Dust. This awkward speck of dust, this universe, time, and every act and thought from mineral to man, deposited in the library of my marrow. I do not know... What I know, it enters through another door, disturbs my fragile understandings, rattles my dinnerware, and knocks all my trophies off their shelves. Breathed in loving madness, revealed beyond the mind and the shape of things, do not be betrayed by philosophies and enlightenments. All there is to be was yours before you began. Hmm. It's like meditations. They're so beautiful. They're, they're, uh, wow. And I mean, they're not about bliss, rapture-y things. Right. They're about the things that challenge us most and coming to terms with them. And the, the, and the realities yeah. of what unconditional yeah. love and the boundless awareness. Uh, it's um, extremely uh, poignant in one way because, as you say, he's talking about our stuff yeah and then on the other hand he's talking about what reality is so he's really Stephen Levine folks I'm like uh, really got into a, a quite a nice little space from that poetry right yeah no now. I did too uh, before we really should pick I, out other stuff you know or, or I, I mean the caliber of uh, you know Poets usually, you know, are poets and everything, but he's, you know, many things, but he's been one of the great, 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 you know, ameliorators of our time. Yeah. And, uh, and his wife and his son. So, you know, but the poetry. Right. We just did a thing yeah. with uh, Noah. With a couple Noah, of right. But the poetry is different. It's, it throws you instantly into this realization. Yeah. It, and it has a, sometimes a sad beauty, but you even, he takes you beyond the sadness, but he takes you to the sadness first. Right. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. By the way, reading it, if you guys out there, anybody gets the book, uh, reading it out loud, especially with someone else, is very effective. Uh, uh, even with like when you get together, uh, satsang community of any sort, uh, reading a couple of these kinds of poem can set out a, a, a beautiful meditative space that everybody can kind of just uh, link into and drop into. Uh, great idea. Levine refers to three poets in this book. Walt Whitman mm -hmm. is in one of the poems. Rilke is in another poem. And Rumi is in another poem. And those are three if just off-plants of this particular human being who loves them. Uh, check out Rilke and Rumi and Whitman. Yeah. Do you get the same instant can we, vibe? I wanna, yeah. can, let's pick some poems from those three. Okay. How about Hafiz? Can we add him? Oh, def oh. yeah, we have to. If I refuse that, you should ask me to leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't leave. Hafiz is so great. Yeah. 
Javis. Oh, my God. Kabir. Yeah, Kabir. Okay. Mm. Poetry podcast coming up, everybody. Yeah. Okay. If you're wildly against it, please let us know. No, don't say that. (laughs) People will be. Will? No. Nobody can be against poetry. It's like being against baseball or something. You know, I don't like poetry readings and poetry sessions and poetry, you know, slams. I don't know. I mean, I've been to, because I live in New York and I've been to many of them in my life and it was always weird. No, this is different. So, no, but recently, a dear friend of mine, a really close friend of mine, invited me to one that she was reading in with two other poets. I was reluctant, but I wanted to honor her. So I went and it was fantastic. It wasn't just good. Everybody in the place was just quiet. Because the poems were so crystal clear, real, you know, right in front of you. Mm. I was amazed. Henrietta, I mm. know you listen to the podcast, but I'm saying oh. to you right now, Henrietta Weeks, you're a great reader of poetry and you're a great writer. By the way, I was asked by our uh, chief operating officer yes. of MindPod Network, yes. uh, Noah, to uh, make sure we thank Jackson. Jackson helped us yeah. out with transcriptions. Thank you. You can go to mindrolling.com or just go to mindpodnetwork.com and go to the Mind Rolling page. And we've got uh, transcriptions that we started putting up, which are pretty interesting. Uh, when we start to see on paper, and then, you know, they put the, uh, d- uh, uh. It's all in there. You know, Jackson like puts it all a, in. <laughs> yeah, he's got it all in there. Jackson, if you're listening to this, could you please cut out some of that crap? No, that, don't. It's great. I like it. Oh, okay. Cut it out. But the thing is, uh, what we've got to say is it's hard to transcribe. It's very mm. arduous. He's very, very literate, and, and wow, I mean, he he's... Word perfect. Occasionally, there's something he hasn't heard before that he might. But, but I hope he listens to this entire podcast. You. you see, because uh, he's not going to get to this little thank you. Until he has to l- listen. You've listened now, Jackson, to the entire podcast. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And by the way, we're cutting out that whole Bernadine person. I'm editing her. I'll get the no. thing. Send it to me. I'll, I'll no, her. no. People. No, I was hard. The dogs ran out of the room. What well, are you talking that's about? Something. Yes. All right. Listen. This is it. Mind rolling. We love your support, and we'd love you to continue it because uh, David was able to fly down here to do some podcasts, and he's with me right now. So that's part of where your support goes yeah. to, allowing us to do the kind of stuff yes. that we, we love to uh, share with you all. Mind Rolling Podcast on mindpodnetwork.com. See you next week. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye.